Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS podcast, where Jonathan Denwood interviews the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS. This is episode 884. We've got a really great guest. I've been looking forward to this conversation. We've got Fernando Angulao. Senior Marketing Research Manager at SEM Rush. I've probably butchered Fernando's surname, but Tribe, you're used to that. My ability to destroy my guest names is legendary. But he doesn't seem too upset. He seems like I've done a reasonable job. You should be thankful for that if I do a reasonable job. Uh, um, Yes. It's become a joke in the show, actually, my inability to pronounce any even my own name, so don't get upset. So um, would you like to give us a quick 30 seconds intro, Miranda? Sure. Well, as you mentioned, I'm from Angola. I've been uh, working in the digital uh, marketing environment and digital industry for the last 15 years. The last 11 years, I've been part of the the SEMrush world. Actually, I was one of the first marketers in the, in the company. When we were about uh, 20 people, I was the marketer number one or two, something like that. Right now, we are more than one, one and a half thousand people. We have nine, uh, <clears throat> we have offices in nine countries, 13 offices in nine countries. Our issues are in, in, in Boston. I've been in SEO conference. I've been doing SEO for the last 10 years. I've been here. Um, Penalized several several times. I've been uh, doing um, referral <clears throat> referral marketing as, as well. And well, I right now I'm more into that data analytics. I work for uh, a unit inside Sembrad that is called uh, Trends. We are working basically with traffic sources. We try to analyze what is happening inside of uh, direct traffic, uh, organic traffic, paid advertising, paid advertising. Uh, social, and of course, uh, referral traffic as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, which should be a feast. We're going to be talking about AI, mobile, um, a load of stuff that will affect your websites or your client websites. should be a fantastic discussion. Plus, I've got my great co-host, Kurt. Kurt, would you like to do a quick intro to the new listeners and viewers? Sure thing, Jonathan. Uh, my name is Kurt Von Annen. I own a, an agency called Manana Nomas. We focus on membership and learning websites. And I also work directly with WP Tonic and Lifter LMS. That's fantastic. Before we go into the meat potatoes of the show, I've got a couple messages from our major sponsors. We will be back in a few moments, folks. Are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging? Sensei LMS by Automatic is the original WordPress solution for creating and selling online courses. Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example, interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. We're coming back, folks. I just want to point out we've got some sp- Great special deals from the major sponsors, plus a curated list of the best WordPress plugins which you can use for your client website build-outs, save you a ton of time, 
robots crawling the internet um, or talking to AI. And you can get all these goodies by going over to wp-tonic.com slash deals. wp-tonic.com slash deals. And you'll find all the goodies there. What more could you ask for? Probably a lot more, but that's all you're going to get from that particular page. So there we go. Right. So this goes straight into Fernando. Um, so only a small question, but um, what are your own thoughts about AI and how Google is seen at the present moment um, content that is generated by AI? They, they, there seem to be a few confusing messages from the big the big team at Google. That's such a surprise, isn't it? Confusion from Google. Uh, um, but what's your own views um, about what you think Google sees AI-generated content? Well, something that needs to be really clear from the very beginning is that Google is not your friend. It's not in, in, on, on your side. I mean, well, they have, they're, they're a business. They're running a business, but they're not your friends. In terms of AI, well, they have established a few times that they are not uh, penalizing, they are not willing to penalize any uh, AI-generated content. They don't care about the tool itself. The problem is that they, they need to have some specifics related to the content that you are creating. The tool is not the problem. Obviously, it needs to have um, quality, the content that you are cre creating, AI-generated content, they lack uh, sometimes, more more often, of the uh, quality of the, the content. And of course, they have a little bit of poor, poor experience when you're creating it, so you need to edit that kind of content. The second thing that the content that you're generating needs to be original and you need to be knowledge about, about it. AI-generated content it's not original per se. It's a replication of already existing content. It can impact SEO negatively because it's something that someone already uh, wrote in the, in the past. The third thing, and this is very important, is the relevance that the content that you're creating needs to have. AI-generated content should be carefully revealed uh, from the very beginning to ensure that aligns with the user intent. You know, you don't need to have content that is um, really poor in terms of relevance. You need to be talking about specific things related to the user intent. And of course, the last and most important thing is the user experience. AI-generated content, well or not, should contribute to a positive user experience, including uh, being well-written, easy to read, and engaging. So that's all my, my, my thoughts. Google is not your friend, but they have already established some rules of AL, automatic generated content. They don't care about the tool, but they have some rules that they need to be pursuing. Oh, that's fantastic because you confirmed some of the, um, the way I was leaning, you know, the research I was doing and the so-called gurus in the SEO area. That was my own synopsis to some extent, of what the situation, you did a fabulous job. Over to you, Kurt. Well, I, as one of these people that gets confused with search engine optimization discussions, I kind of, especially with AI, I just want to extend in that. If you use 
let's say someone uses AI to like draft the outline and they make the narration or they create the narration through chat GPT or something, but then they add 20%, 30% original content to that. How do you think Google analyzes that AI content then? Do you think it's fully AI in Google's minds or do you think they recognize that there's, that there's real narrative content there? Well, something to be interesting that is, is, has been happening during the last three months. So we have a core update. Then we have another update, which is the helpful content update. Then we have another core update. We didn't recover from the, from the previous one. And we need to be checking what is happening right now. So we need to be, I don't know, patient. And right now, it's going to be November. We're going to be for sure having a new standard date or maybe November or December. So it's something like Google, they are testing us. This is my own opinion, of course. It's a machine learning that is testing how we are going to be reacting with our website, how we're going to be uh, changing our strategy. Uh, it's kind of, of, of an experiment, a huge experiment that they are constantly doing with us, of course. But the majority of the results that are that uh, we have, for example, in December, we have uh, the sensor tool. We analyze um, all the changes that we have in the, in the search. And the majority of the changes that we recognized uh, during the last September, uh, not the October one, because that's a very recent one, but during the September was related to the changes on the people also ask uh, uh, snippet and also uh, the e-commerce snippet in, in, in the ima images. So those changes right now are kind of important because we are going to be having, of course, this. Friday, um, the Black Friday, Cyber, Cyber Monday, but they are not so uh, related to the explanation of, okay, what is happening with the other? So it's a mix of things right now. I believe we need just to be a little bit calm with the changes because we have, you know, in one hand, the crazy changes with, that we have with the helpful content that if you are an SEO, I, I'm sure that you notice the changes. But we have the core updates on the other side. We don't know uh, yet all the impact that it had because it's a core update. It's the whole algorithm. And we have two of them. Uh, well, we just need to be patient about what's going to be with the core update when the helpful content update. Uh, they're testing a lot of stuff lately. Well, thanks for following up. Fernando, and, and you mentioned in your answer a couple of times the helpful content update, the helpful content update. And that's part of that second question that we were prepared for. And that's a lot of niche-focused websites, they seem to have been penalized by this helpful content update. And I was wondering if you could give us some insight connected to that kind of, kind of update and what that really means. Yes. Well, uh, this is not the, the first time that the con uh, content update, helpful content update appears. We had one uh, last year, actually it was also in, in, in October, and there are some major differences, I mean, in, in, in different niches. And we have a study, we, we, we uh, gathered our research based on, okay, what are the losers and the winners of each uh, niche in, in, in this case? And comparing the December, it was from December, the, the last, uh, 2022, the last uh, helpful content update, in comparison with December, this uh, September update, the major changes 
uh, were made, well, really, the changes were made in the uh, automobile industry. Uh, so if you were, if you are in the automobile sector, you have noticed the changes that, that you had. Then you have a lot of changes in the pets and animal sector. If you have any kind of niche page uh, there, we also seen the, the, the changes there. And the last, um, the most powerful change that, that we see was in the shopping, uh, e-commerce and retail uh, industry, all the related niches. Those changes were really, really huge. We have several other industries that were impacted, but overall the impact was pretty much the same, uh, at the same level. Every, every niche was affected. And we hear that uh, at some point, uh, well, maybe they're going to be revocating this update, but then they were saying that we will not be revocating anything. It's, what is done is done. But the thing is that all those changes and all those rants, you may have lost, uh, they are pushing us to say, okay, now I need to create a different strategy for each website, for each page, because in the search, we have seen several uh, similar pages, uh, several similar results uh, from one uh, single domain. So every single page of your domain are really important. You don't need to say about one single keyword for one page. Well, I hope you were not doing that. You need to be thinking about uh, as, a, as an entity, right? You have one page, you have one service or call, your core message, but you need to, see, to think about different types of content relate, created uh, to support and interlinking that to support that, that page. That seems like it's working right now. The volatility has changed uh, a lot for the core and beta that we have after the helpful content update. Uh, that's why we are not sure how this, uh, how websites are recovering yet. It's very recent. But some of the friends we have in, in the industry, they say that they, they have made several changes in, uh, in terms of inter, internal linking and, of course, link building as a strategy overall. It's working, it's been working the last 50 years. Uh, <clears throat> link building is also something that is supporting that uh, very well. Excellent, man. Thank you so much, Fernando. Jonathan, over to you. Yeah, Fernando. Um, I'm just going to, this isn't on our list, Fernando, so, um, but it just occurred to me I should ask you this question because you mentioned it in your first statement that Google isn't your friend, which I totally agree. So, obviously, um, Google's facing um, quite a, a pickle, as we would say, in London. Um, the Justice Department has taken them to court. Last week, there um, there was um, some release of some um, pre-discovery information around Google that um, they have been adapting their search results. Um, they've always argued that their search department and their ad department has been totally separate and they put a, a wall between those two departments. Um, these revelations have come out that it seems that the Justice Department is going to be a key part of their case, that this isn't a fact at all, that, that Google has been 
highly manipulating natural search results to help the ad department. First of all, which are you surprised by this um, information that's come public? And secondly, do you think do you think there's any truth to it, or you know, do you think Google's got some problems? Well, being part of a, a company that is public as Google is, uh, so you, you need to be uh, accomplishing some goals every single year in terms in terms of growth, in terms of revenue. And when you cannot accomplish those goals, well, you need to think about other strategies. And what I was mentioning at the beginning, that Google is not your friend, was immediately <laughs> directed to that part of the Department of, of Justice that we we are uh, also following. And we, we, we've seen some internal documents because now the situation is really exposed. And we saw these internal messages between the search team and the paid advertising team saying, hey, we need to push more paid advertisement ads to grow this percentage or less for the next month. So this department pushing this other department, and we uh, all were thinking that they were not connected, they were not communicating at, at all, right? But they are acting as a company that they are following their goals. <laughs> when uh, when I was uh, oh, I, I follow a lot John Mueller of course on on on, on it right now is it right and he's always uh, supporting the way that uh, HCOs are trying to elaborate new strategies and it is he's a good person I believe he's a really good person. But, well, yeah, I'm sorry to I think he's a very honest individual. Um, yeah, I just don't think he he's been. I think he, this is just my opinion, Fernando. Uh, I just think he's been misled enormously as well. I, I really think when when this comes all out in the open, I think a lot of people in Google have been totally misled, very honest people, and they just don't, they've just not been given the full information. I would imagine it's like a, a Russian doll you know, you've got one doll in another and the close you, it's a very small group of individuals that have a really tight control over the real te- technical core of Google. Do you think I'm on the right path there or, or if I become a conspiracy junkie in my old days? Well, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you're not naive. You are uh, thinking about, well, this person is very honest. His opinion is really honest because when we had questions about, okay, what is happening with my website? What is happening with this update? He was there facing all the community. He was there replying, answering uh, with very logical <coughs> answers. And most of them were, were really helpful. He, um, he, he's, a, he's part of the community, I, I will say. But in terms of uh, that he have been misled, well, the hearings are ongoing. It's not finished yet. The uh, more things are going to be revealed or for sure. In that part, we thought that the re- results were natural, right? You just mentioned those were the, the organic results, the natural results. But it seems to be they are not so natural after all, right? They are they're kind of very pushy about the, about the PP. PPC team department in, in, in Google. Those documents are right now 
public so we can comment on them. Um, I don't have any feelings uh, about this, this, this situation overall because we have been supported by a new business, the, the whole search industry, uh, that is Google. It could be other company. It could be, I don't know, Bing, for example. Well, on point, it might be. But Google were handling things. It seemed that they were trying to accomplish some goals in desperate, uh, really short term. And they were, well, they, they break some of their own rules. As if, that's the thing. They established their own rules and they were breaking it inside. Right now, that thing has been uh, uh, published. Right now, it's, it's, um, it's from the public opinion to be talking about it. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, another, another quick question that wasn't in the list, and um, I'll get, I'll get, and then we'll probably go for our break after this. Um, I was thinking um, that I, you know, obviously technology is fascinating, but the back, the dark side of it is there's a lot of um, spin and puff. Um, around AI, I, I think. Um, obviously, the present, um, there, there seems to be a lot of confusion between a, a, a natural um, language engine and general AI. I, I don't think any time soon that we're going to get, I might be wrong, but that we're going to get really true general AI intelligence. But um, there seems to be a lot of people confusing uh, a natural engine an actual engine, um, and it is amazing what it can do. But um, we heard all this about voice search about five years ago, that it was going to destroy normal search. And then we had, it just reminded, it just, I felt that the stuff that was coming out, that AI was just going to destroy kind of people doing searches. They were just going to ask. Um, and to me, it's got a lot of the taste about the hype around voice search. What's, what's your own view about that? Yes, yeah, so I remember the five years that, that you just mentioned that, okay, everything is going to be, uh, you, you need to build your website thinking about the structure that is feeding the voice search uh, next-gen devices that are going to be appearing. Um, well, that didn't happen. The, the voice search uh, devices that we have, the, the voice assistant that we have right now, they are not so smart, right? We haven't seen any Alexa or Siri using all the power of ChatGPT. Actually, we have seen uh, Bing or Cortana just finish that project. It's gone. We don't have any more Cortana. So there's going to be so there's going to be something new, but nobody's uh, talking about that yet. In terms of um, device usage, uh, well, we, we, we can say that, for example, at the beginning of the pan pandemics, uh, when, when every, everything started in uh, 2021, uh, we saw that the majority of the people who were using mobile devices were actually using voice search. That was a huge percent, percentage in comparison with today's reality. Today's reality uh, what our uh, numbers are saying that is there are not many people using um, voice search in mobile devices because 
there are not so many users in the mobile uh, device world. Let me give you some some data and some insights on this. In the U.S., for example, we have uh, a research and we have um, actually uh, searching for how many users in percentage. So I'm not going to be talking about absolute numbers because that's that that that, that was some information. In 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 percentages, forty uh, percent of uh, the U.S. Uh, internet users are still using a desktop device. Then only 60% in the U.S. are using mobile devices, which is a huge difference between the rest of the world, for example, in Brazil or in uh, Spain or in, in Germany. The difference is more close to 75% uh, users of mobile devices, 25% of des desktop devices. So that means that, okay, for an overall good experience, you need to be really using the both uh, devices experience are not only be uh, mobile uh, friendly, but you need to be also really desktop friendly because the trend line is not going to be uh, going down for the desktop usage. As a forecast, we have seen that it's going to be just there in the U.S. 40%, 40 of the users are, are still using desktop devices. And in terms of developing a good experience for your for voice search results, we also gathered information about uh, the feature snippets, which uh, which are the the source. Well, 80, 87, 89% of them are the source for the voice search results that we have, uh, for example, on, uh, on Google on Google devices. So a really good um, structure um, feature snippet. I mean, the table or the paragraph or the list. Uh, those are the ones who are enabling. The uh, the result for the uh, for the devices. So if you have a good feature snippets on your website and it's a, a paragraph with no more than uh, forty two words, that's really good for a for a voice search result. So thinking about the structure in your content, that might be a good idea. Because another thing that is really uh, connected to this are the people also ask results which are another uh, search feature that is great for basically any kind of industry that they have the same structure as the feature snippet. So you have a feature snippet, you can have also a people also as a result, and you are enabling your voice search result. So having a good format is a good idea. Yeah, I, you know, and um, we do have time. Um, this is what, how I see it. Um, I think there's something fundamentally even more problem with the way this has been laid out, but I'm no expert on this. It's just my opinion, my honest opinion, is these type of... Um, uh, I'm not looking for the right word here. Adaptation to the normal search pattern. They're great if you, if you, already, you, if you understand how to make the right question. If you've if you're got some knowledge around your subject or you're looking for a bit of particular factual information, it's fine. Um, but a lot of time when we're doing searches, we, we don't even know, we don't even know the how to ask the fundamental questions to get 
the, that's why we had to do a bit of searching and looking over websites. Where I see AI being really useful is being a, a real assistant where you give it you give it a query through voice or text and then it gives you a curated list of websites that can answer your you can answer your question, give you insight, give you more knowledge. Not it's, you know, I think the way Google it's all about providing the right data, which is great. But what people are looking for is knowledge and wisdom about something. And you can only get that from experts. And experts are only going to invest in providing information if it if they get some benefit. And normally that benefit is driving traffic to their particular websites. Am I Am I missing anything, or would you think there's anything to what I've just said? Oh, I'll jump in there, John. <laughs> See, you, you, yeah. What you just said reminded me so much of that tool, Answer the Public, right? So if you want to write content, you go to answerthepublic.com and you put in a subject or a question, and it gives you feedback of what hundreds or thousands of people are asking about that subject in the moment. And then that seems to help you go out and fine tune that search or get that data or that information for that next article. And, and I look at that as being one of those really great AI type tools, but it's been around for a long time. All right. Well, that's fine. Um, I think we're going to go for our break. And when we come back, we continue this discussion. I think it's been fab so far. I've enjoyed it. Uh, um, we will be back in a few moments, folks. This podcast episode is brought to you by Lifter LMS, the leading learning management system solution for WordPress. If you or your client are creating any kind of online course, training-based membership website, or any type of e-learning project, Lifter LMS is the most secure, stable, well-supported solution on the market. Go to LifterLMS.com and save 20% at checkout with coupon code PODCAST20. That's PODCAST20. Enjoy the rest of your show. We're coming back, folks. I just want to point out, if you've got a membership or a Buddy Boss website for a client and you know the frustrations you can have by choosing the wrong host for that membership or Buddy Boss website, it can be a nightmare. Why don't you look at WP Tonic? to be your hosting partner for your membership or Buddy Boss website that you're building out for a client. We specialize in only membership and Buddy Boss websites. Plus, we got a fantastic bounty for you, a gift. You, um, you I think it's some of the highest affiliate um, that you can get in the industry. Um, we'd love you to join us and be part of the tribe. Why don't you go over to wp-tonic.com slash partners, wp-tonic.com slash partners and see what we offer. And we'd love you to contact us and for us to host your next client's membership or Buddy Boss website. So over to you, Kurt. Well, I think I'm going to move on to... Um 
kind of like what other personal recommendations that you have, Fernando, connected, you know, connected to link building and and where do you see people making making progress with backlinking or, or connecting to link building and those kinds of ideas? Fantastic. That's that's one of my favorite uh, topics because um, at this point, I will say that uh, link building is our, our it's a common and underestimated strategy uh, because you need to still wait for the results. At some point, you cannot um, show the expected results, but at the end of the day, three, four months, or maybe less, you will have received those results. And the thing is that you need to think first when you are creating your link building strategy. You need to think. Uh, you need to think at the very beginning about the content that you are trying to uh, promote, uh, the content that you are trying to highlight. Let's say like like, like this, and creating uh, several different pieces around it. So creating a hub uh, in other uh, in other places. So guest blogging still works well, fine. Um, but the post, of course, the needs to be with a high quality. Um, building relationships is working really, really, really well. Uh, after the pandemics, having a real person in front of you and interchanging links is still the thing. I, I will say that. Uh, then uh, social media is working well, really well. If you have an active presence. You need to be uh, trying to create shareable content. Uh, local SEO is a massive thing uh, when you are part uh, part of it. Uh, you can have your all your local listings. You can have a community engagement there. Then you need to see what is happening with your competitors, and that's the thing where tools like uh, Semrush, for example, are really active, active to be used in terms of analyzing your backlinks or uh, thinking about which uh, sources of uh, traffic in terms of uh, similar links, uh, your competitors that they have, try to acquire uh, links from those similar sources as well. So those, those tactics are still very relevant. And some of the issues that people are, are, are doing these days are to be very impatient in terms, in terms of results. Uh, if you are having a link building strategy, that's a an ongoing process. It's not that, okay, we have the links, goodbye. It's an ongoing process that needs to be supervised, needs to be monitored. You need to be aware that, okay, we are creating this strategy. We need to have the follow-up for the next month or for the next year in terms of activity. And one important thing that, well, you need to have is a natural link profile. Uh, so, Paid links uh, have been there since the beginning, but having this natural link profile with a similar web website as uh, yours is a good uh, it's a good thing to have. And following the Google guidelines, which are pretty much clear, all the webmaster guidelines that for link building practices and ethical and blah blah blah, they are something that you need to be following. If you can do that, well, you will have the quality over quantity. You will have the relevance that, that you need, you have you will have your domain authority in, in, in a good case. So in this case, tools are very important, but for, let's say, the strategy, an ongoing strategy is the most thing here. 
Yeah. One of the things that really struck me in your answer there was when you said, you know, you can't set it and forget it. You have to monitor it. And I've had clients in the past where they've, they've done the set and forget. And then people don't realize other websites shut down, go out of, you know, their links fail, the things that, and if your content is linking to content that doesn't exist, you know, you can get, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but then you get unlisted or yeah. devalued or something happens, right? Yeah, because you're not linked to anywhere. Actually, you have a broken link. Yeah, yeah. That's super, super important. Um, Jonathan, over to you. Yeah, that's, you know, what I've, what I've observed through LRSCA, I'm not an expert in this field at all. I just dabble. Um, but um, what I've heard is that a bit like what Fernando's said, you know, you need a gradual link building um, attitude. But really, um, but getting the wrong links can really hurt you quickly. Um, so I don't know if you would agree with that, Brando. You know, getting some really dicey links linking to you can rapidly have a, a bad effect. Would you agree with that? Oh, yes. And with all uh, these uh, new updates in this world, with the, uh, this kind updates that we'll have, uh, the nurturing non-appropriate uh, links, uh, nurturing uh, your website with links that are not relevant, just having links, links for just for the number of it, for the mass of the links, it's not something that is going to be good for you. Having three, four, five good links with really good authority sources, that's a thing, but having just, oh, also you can have a negative SEO with uh, toxic links. So we are still gathering information about uh, toxic websites that are appearing. You can be having an attack with toxic links because your uh, business uh, competitor, they want to turn your rocket up. Those things are still happening. And you need to check how toxic, toxic the links that you are linked to are. So that's the way, that's the part where tracking your links and tracking your links profile. And in, in this case, I will use the term, your links health is uh, a really good choice uh, by far because you will see that your rankings are declining, uh, your organic traffic is declining. And you will say, okay, but when it's happening, I have everything in order. Then you will do your uh, lead building um, audit, your links audit, and you will see that you have several tons, maybe thousands of toxic uh, leads that are pointing to your website from sources that are not relevant at all. Well, you need to be checking that. You need to be finally checking that well. Yeah, I think, uh, thanks for that. I think um, that's something I'm going to have to look at myself. Um, um, a bit related to the first half of the show, do you think... Um, I was, I'm getting the impression by what's been said on, on X and on YouTube that Google September HCU and the one before that, um, people were saying that comments, you know, allowing comments on your blog posts, um, encouraging have it running your own forum, having your own community website, 
more focused website where people can comment and there's back and forth communication with your audience. That Google is really highlighting these community aspects. Would you agree with that? Well, <clears throat> this is my personal opinion again. And I believe this update uh, targeted uh, SEO first, of course. Most of us are trying to test what type type of content are more relevant in the entrepreneurship, right? But the thing is, when we are talking about uh, comments and the, the, the update, we have we have several several websites with well, we had several websites with hundreds of comments, including uh, comments uh, from bots, including the real comments. And that part, well, was uh, was something that Google already finished with the, I believe was one of them, uh, Panda or Penguin, I, I cannot remember. I can't, but they, they hit it hard. You know, that, yeah. that, that really became very unpopular after that particular update. So, all right. All right, so you finished with that. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Fair enough. Over to you, Kurt. Well, Fernando, you've been awesome talking about, you know, content, right? So you have to have good content, good user experience, healthy links. Um, so now the next part of the question is, what are some of the business tools that you could probably recommend to some of our uh, listeners, whether they're new or seasoned with us, that, that would help them run their business daily? Something you could recommend to the audience to help with SEO, provided that they have good content, good structure, good user experience. If, if they hit the marks on everything, what are some of the tools they can use to leverage that? Oh, in terms of tools, I have a huge list uh, of the tools that I also use. Uh, let, let me start from the content uh, creation. So overall, uh, having the ideas in really good shape is good and and having those ideas are really well organized. Uh, well, you mentioned a, mentioned a tool uh, that, it, that it was Word Public, right? Yeah. So yeah. we have, that was a fantastic tool. It still is, I believe. But we uh, have a tool that is really, really helpful in terms of uh, topic discovery and to create those different clusters of, of topics. That is called topic research inside of Tumblr. Actually, that's, that was one of, one of the tools that I compared with Android the public. But I had the other part of that is that Tumblr's data as, which was the, um, the volume of the keyword, uh, the links that are attracting more and more traffic. And we created this, um, this KPI, I, I, I will say, or this, uh, new, um, New parameter that that is called. Um, uh, let, let me check it. Uh, trends or virability. How viral a, 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 a topic is. Actually, the name is for, uh, reson resonation. How a topic resonates more uh, within the the industry, right? So, topic research is a great tool in terms of uh, selecting the topic that you want to talk and going further with the cluster of different topics. The next tool is the AI uh, writing assistant. So you can create content with AI. 
but you need to check the parameters of how good is the tone of voice, how good is the SEO structure, so you have uh, the content prepared for receiving for acquiring future snippet, and you have not only one keyword there, but you have uh, similar keywords uh, that will um, make more rich that piece of content. One of the other tools that we use a lot when we use it in the past is Trello to just have everything organized. If you are a big uh, company, of course, use Monday. We're using Monday uh, to track the process of every every um, every strategy and every every task, and to follow up all these uh, all, all, all all these tasks, and to be communicated with the rest of the team. Of course, we're using uh, Slack. I believe most of the companies are are using Slack for internal communication. But to check what is happening, for example, with uh, your content team, uh, if they need some help about some idea, we have this tool that is called uh, Content Shake, Content Shake AI. So you can have the expertise, which is something that Google is uh, looking for, um, and they have to create unique pieces of content. So with Content Shake, with AI uh, writing assistant, uh, all the power of AI can be used as a tool, but you need to have that internal insight that say, this is something good for my user and this uh, something that I want to deliver. So the ultimate tool is common sense. Wow. This this sounds like they could use a really good e-learning package from WP Tonic to organize it. Good. Okay. You you asked the next question because I took up a bit of time at the beginning. Man, Jonathan's going to give it to me two interviews in a row. I get to ask if, if, are you familiar with Doctor Who and the time machine, Fernando? Oh, yes. Perfect, perfect. So let's, let's, let's pretend you have your own TARDIS. You're going to go back in time. If you went back in time to the beginning of your career, uh, what advice would you give yourself to, to, to move forward? Uh, yeah, at the beginning of my career, 11 years uh, ago, <clears throat> in terms of more variability, I will say um, invest in um, invest more in advertising. But why I will say that? Because I was working uh, a lot with STO, but as, as we have seen, uh, paid advertising it's also a great strategy and gives you a lot of results. You don't need to, to wait for that. But I will say that mix the strategies, go with SEO, but invest more on paid advertising. Nice. Nice. I wasn't expecting that answer, Jonathan. How about you? No, I, I totally agree with, you know, um, I think, you know, but obviously it depends if you've got the budget, doesn't it? Um, but I think having a diverse funnel of um, qualified prospects is always the best um, way to go. But um, so I, t- I totally understand your reply and I agree with it. Right. I think we're coming at the end, Brando. What's the best way for people to find out? I've enjoyed the interview. I, I, hopefully you have. I, too. I think we've covered some interesting stuff. I waffled on a bit. You dealt with my waffling very efficiently. Uh, um, so what's the best? <laughs> what, but the, the audience is used to my waffling. 
Uh, um, so what's the best way for people to find out more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, I'm more um, active on LinkedIn, so you can uh, find me as uh, Fernando Angulo on LinkedIn, and you will um, can follow me or contact me directly, and, well, we can be in, in, in touch. Yeah, all the links will be in the show notes, folks, plus the links to the products that Fernando has recommended. Um, you, you'll find that all in the show notes. They will be up um, in the middle of next week, so you'll find it all there. Um, so, Kurt, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and what you're up to? Well, if folks are already going to LinkedIn to find Fernando, that's the best place to find me. <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn almost every day, and I'm the only Kurt Von on in there, so it makes it easy to know you got the right guy. And then my agency name is Manana Nomas, and uh, I would just love to see you over there as well. Yeah. And the WP Tonic and my other show, the Membership Machine Show, have a combined Facebook group. Um, we love you to join us on there and be part of the tribe. It's a mixture of WordPress developer and professionals with people trying to build uh, a really successful membership website. It's a great community. Um, please join us on there. So go over to Facebook and join us on the the WP Tonic and the Membership Machine Show Facebook group. We'd love you to be part of the tribe. We're going to end the show now. I've I've enjoyed the discussion. We'll see you next week. We've got some fabulous guests and it, in the coming months. Um, it should be fab. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind Facebook group and also to keep up with the latest news, click wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.